0: All right, y'all, welcome back to the Reinvention Lab audio experience. Um, We are supposed to be off all summer, and look, this is the second episode y'all are getting this summer. So um, don't say we never gave you anything, but we're excited to announce that we are going into our second kind of round of testing. Um, Collective rest as a team. This is something we tried for the first time last year after a particularly rough summer that I know so many of us in education had a summer unlike others last year. Um, And so we shut down for two weeks and we're going into the same or the next iteration of the same test this year and as someone who like prioritizes rest in all parts of my life, like seeing it come into work has been really eye-opening for me. And so I wanted to share with our podcast audience um, a piece that came out of that period of rest last year called Rest as a Liberatory Practice. This is where we captured some of our learnings after rest, some of the things we didn't expect to be true of that time that ended up being true of that time Um, and just kind of in general like what we are learning about what it means to shut down for a period of time as a collective and as a collective who cares deeply about equity work and um, knows that our work matters. I think sometimes those are the places that it's hardest to give yourself a breather. So Um, In just a second, you will hear me um, read this piece back to you. But in the meantime, um, we have Mike Yates here, your original Reinvention Lab audio experience host, the OG, um, one of our product (laughs) designers here at the lab. So, welcome, Mike.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I, I until you said that, I had totally forgotten that this was that we, we just like continued that podcast.
0: Yeah, you launched this (laughs) podcast. You're our founder.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm 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 happy to be here. Happy to be talking about this, especially.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to chop it up for a few minutes um, to talk about the actual experience of rest before people hear me um, read to them. I think there's something too about hearing folks like who went into this from I feel like different places, like how we Mm -hmm. experienced it. Um, Am I right to kind of characterize you as a little bit of a skeptic of collective rest last year before we went into it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Rest in general, like. I, I think my, my thing was like, there's two things. Um, I, I had gotten, I, I am a bit of a workaholic, number uh-huh. one, like when, once I, because I have ADHD, I'm, I'm an adult that has been diagnosed with ADHD. Um, and I, I have found that I have the ability to hyperfocus, And once that happens, I am like in, in, so, uh-huh. and I, and I just need to get it done. Um, so because of that, I, I tend to, I understand, I understand myself and I understand what gets me locked in Uh so I can get there faster. And I do that and I just overwork myself. Uh Um, and the other thing is like, quite literally, I came out of a very toxic work environment where I was Mm -hmm. working 90 hours a week and your value came from how much you produced. Yep. So it was like, it was paradigm shifting. So I was like, at the beginning, I was very skeptical. I was like, wait two weeks off what
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like everybody is gonna shut down too right yeah, like, like that like was the part of- that was wild to me I was like all of us
1: yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah so like coming into that period you're a little skeptical because it's like if I'm not producing like what is my value like that's kind of the story that like plays
1: yeah. um
0: and then also because like, you were pretty new on this team, right? So it was hard to, like, trust. Like, are we really, like, are we about what we say we're about? Like, am I really yeah. going to be fine if I don't work for these two weeks? Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, it, was, it was all that.
0: It was all that, yeah. And I remember that. And then I remember coming back from rest, you had reflections that weren't, like, contradictory to that, but it it was a different experience for you, right? Like, I want to hear mm-hmm. a little bit about what it was like for you to have a period that you were resting and you knew everyone on the team you were on was also resting what was that yeah. like
1: um you know there there's a a comedian who's been pretty controversial lately um who said this thing once where he was like as a black man i i i do some i did something that most black men don't get the chance to do and i sat down and i thought about my feelings
0: uh. and
1: I, I always laugh at that because
0: uh, Who's this? Who is this? This is Dave Chappelle.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Um and I always I always used to laugh at that because I was like, that's so ridiculous. But I was one of those people. Like mm-hmm. I was one of those people who just like moved, moved, moved and never thought about um, like never thought really, really deeply about reflection. And um wh- the first day, uh like the first Monday, <laughs> like we 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 left on a Friday, and then that Monday. I remember my my uh, my kids are homeschooled, and my wife is the primary person that is facilitating the school. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like went to some museum because they nothing stops them like rain, snow, whatever. They're out and about like like right now it's raining and they're at the botanical gardens. Like Aww. nothing stops them. They're like rain, whatever.
0: Um no, so I'll pause you real quick. I love that Mike. I know we've yeah. talked about this. That I homeschooled for a year in elementary and my mom would yeah. take us to the botanical gardens, to the health food store. Just like mm-hmm. you do not forget that. So I'm, I'm glad they I'm that. glad they're out.
1: Yeah, because we, we, I mean, we just buy a haul of uh, subscriptions to all of the, we're like, let me get that yearly membership to all these places.
0: And we will Uh, make use of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy because they said, when they left, they were like, do you want to go? And I said, knee-jerk reaction. I was like, no, I've got to work. And (laughs) my my wife, Alex, just said to me, okay, (laughs) (laughs) she... (laughs) I think she knew like he doesn't understand how to just sit down somewhere or like yeah. go have fun.
0: So, so this is on gone, day one of rest, technically.
1: Day one. Okay. And I remember like the one thing I decided to do was like I was like, I am actually going to try this. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna work and lie and say that I didn't. Uh-huh. I was like, what was, like if if we say we're gonna do it, like maybe this is actually like maybe I do need to chill and slow down. Uh And um, I just found myself pacing around my house for a little bit. And uh, I texted my friend and I was like, hey, like, like, by the way, I've never been on vacation ever. And I'm like,
0: you've never been on vacation.
1: I went on my first one uh, in June.
0: Okay, Um, so at this point, you've never been on vacation.
1: Yeah, at this point. Never. Every time I I've gone so many places, but I was always going there for a specific thing uh-huh. to do work. It was either speech and debate, it was sports, it was like I planted a church in Columbia, like uh-huh. and so like I've been to beautiful places, but never just to relax. So I was like actually without a playbook, and I just heard a story of an NFL player that was like the same thing, like. They told they gave him the day off and he texted the coach and was like, hey, what do people do on their days off? Oh, wow. Like, like, that's what I felt. So I texted my friend. I was like, what do I do? And he said, watch Cobra Kai. And I was like, all right, I'm going to watch Cobra Kai. And on day one, I found Cobra Kai, which is a ridiculous show on Netflix, very Uh funny, and Stranger Things. And I binge watched all of season one of Stranger (laughs) Things. And I became Mike's advice,
0: binge watch TV. I mean, if you don't
1: know what to do, just start somewhere. Yeah.
0: I love that advice, though, because it's like, just start somewhere like it's similar to work, right? Like when there's a daunting task, you got to start it somewhere.
1: Exactly. Like for for a person who's never never who never slows down. And I, I just remember, like, I finished all of Stranger Things season one. I sat back on the couch and I actually said out loud, I was like, this is like kind of nice, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, uh, it, it was the beginning of like truly the beginning of like my paradigm shifting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, this practice is like something we have quite a privilege around, like, right. <clears throat> especially in the field of education. Like we're on a team that happens to have the flexibility in schedule and, um, priority setting that we can shut down for two weeks not without great co- you know it's not mm-hmm. that it's easy um, but I think it's important to say too that like this can look a lot of different ways like a yeah. rhythm of collective rest doesn't have to be shutting down for two weeks in September if you're a school that can't just sh- choose to shut down on a whim like we get that too but like the th- kind of things you experience, Mike, and that I know I experience, those can happen with things like um, turning a PD day into a day that actually all staff steps away and like just rest, just chills, um, yeah. things like that. Like, still allow for those kinds of moments of like, oh, this is what it feels like to tend to some part of myself that's like not my work self.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's so what's so interesting is like one of the things that that I as as we went into or or as we're about to go into collective rest this year one of the things i was thinking about to that to that point is like i actually had opportunities when i was i was building a school that uh like worked the same environment that i was just telling you like work worked all the time we just Uh worked all the time we had these days um we actually had a schedule where like if, if you were able to turn it off, you could actually really, truly rest. Like we went, we were on for six weeks and then off for two weeks or students were off for two weeks. Uh We were off for one week. Uh And like, if I was like, if I had, if there was some sort of uh, this is why I think like the actual intention setting at the beginning of the rest is so Uh important because if, If we had done that, I might have decided to stop working during the week off that we had every six weeks.
0: Mm. Um,
1: And then I remember even like at the beginning of getting hired there, we did take a full day travel around the city of Austin. We went bowling. We went to this really cool ping pong bar restaurant. Like, yeah, every every day of like the beginning of the year was was supposed to be something really entertaining there was a regular happy hour schedule that I was like notorious for never attending. Um, okay, <laughs> just Cause I was like, you guys can go be happy. I'm, I'm building something. Um, but I, it, when I look back, like I totally had time, I totally mm-hmm. should have been at more of those happy hours. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so I, 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 I really encourage people like find the rhythm and that you have more time than you think you do. uh
0: mm-hmm. You have more time than you think you do as individuals and as collectives. And I think it's not even about like, do you have the time? Like the period point blank of education is there's not enough time for everything that needs to be done, right? Like there never will be. And so I'm almost wondering if like, now that education organizations and schools and families and communities are under more pressure than ever, it feels like it almost feels more important than ever that we are finding time to step away and tend to ourselves. Like if nothing else, as a gift to our longevity in the field or like a gift to our longevity on this planet, you know, like we need to be alive and happy as people um, Mm -hmm. to keep having any kind of an impact. So it's not easy. It's not easy. I think we both can say that.
1: Right. But one of the other things that I I think, especially schools should consider is like, I don't really know of many great ways to incentivize anything other than pay and perks. Uh Like for adults, like adults are either intrinsically motivated to do a thing or not.
0: Yeah. And I,
1: I was, as we build new products in the product studio, one of the things that we're working on is this, like we're, we're one of the problem spaces is talent. Like, how do you find a new generation of people to fill roles in education, whether they be teaching roles or other roles? Mm-hmm. Well, one of them is building is by building perks into your, your model. Mm-hmm. And rest, like the ability to actually take off work and actually be a human being, that is a perk like no other, especially mm-hmm. in education. Educators, I don't, we, we don't even need to explain, like everybody in education knows like your time to yourself, the ability to relax and to be you like that is that that is a perk that is not more important than pay, but it can sit right up underneath it. hmm. Uh-huh. hmm.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. So there there's like implications here on on a few levels. There's implications for people who have some power around system design. Right. Like and then there's that, implications for folks who may not be able to influence or like directly exactly. impact the system they're working in at the moment and like at that level it's a little different because you may just have to decide this is a thing you are going to find a way to prioritize. Yeah. We recognize it may not be able to look the way it does for us at the lab but like we really stand behind like collective rest and rest in general is an integral part of doing work that has any kind of liberatory impact. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Mike, I'm so grateful to get to talk to you even just briefly about this. So thank you for sharing a little bit about your experience, a little bit about, um, I mean, you as a person, like it's always just dope to get to talk to you. So thank you. Yeah.
1: No, thank you for leading this. Like, I don't think we we wouldn't have this body of work without you. So thanks for, for bringing this.
0: Yeah. And like, we owe so much to the NAP ministry, beloved community, 4.0 schools, Um, Rise Colorado there are so many organizations and thinkers like we owe so much to to even have like sparked this line of thinking for us so so much gratitude all around and with that um, here you can hear me reading to you um, rest as a liberatory practice Rest as a Liberatory Practice, the Reinvention Lab's Case for Collective Rest. We are in a season of exhaustion. Workers are resigning, teachers are leaving the classroom, young people are under mounting pressure, and they're feeling it. And in the summer of 2021, our team had a moment in which we voiced that we, too, were exhausted. This exhaustion had many traceable roots. The hypervisibility of police violence against Black people in the country, the rising death toll and other deep disruptions of the pandemic, environmental upheavals rooted in climate change, including colleagues in Texas without power in a blizzard, and those in California enveloped in wildfire smoke. The deaths and illnesses of immediate family members and other loved ones also weighed on us. As a small core team of seven, in which five of us are people of color, six of us are women, and five of us are primary caretakers of children or parents, we were vulnerable and we were tired. We knew we needed to respond in kind to this moment, but we're unsure exactly how to do that. We regrounded in our values and identity first. We're a team who honors life, love, and humanity. We're also a team of learners. And from these two strands of our DNA, we decided we needed to tend to ourselves through collective rest and to learn from the endeavor. So we shut our team down for the first two weeks of September 2021. Our hypothesis was loose. If we take some time to tend to the non-work parts of ourselves, something important will happen. We didn't want to assert exactly what this something would be. We didn't want to tie ourselves to some intended outcome, especially not one around increased productivity on the other side of rest. This was about resisting the capitalistic pull to do more and more and more, even when our bodies were clearly signaling that they needed us to do less. What you are reading now is our offering, how we wrestled with the beauty and tension of that collective rest, how we wrestled with the tensions therein, and some of our learning. And we offer it to an exhausted community of educators and innovators. We believe that small provocations can reverberate on the largest scale. Thank you, Adrian Marie Brown. And so we have needled into every possible corner of our small experiment to write this piece. It is not a how-to guide on it doing exactly what we did. It is not a wellness manifesto. It is our attempt to surface some themes and conclusions that are taking shape from this experiment. It is the product of data collected from our team before, during, and after our collective rest, surveys, transcribed interviews, anecdotals, and a collaborative process of assembling and metabolizing that information. You are reading our attempt to state plainly what we have learned in the last few months. Taking collective rest is liberatory work. Before digging into this idea, it's important to acknowledge our position. This test and our findings are not sufficient to radically reinvent the system of educator wellness to be more equitable. We do believe that the system should be rebuilt to allow for educators both in and out of school, administrators, and young people to rest more radically. And in the meantime, we do believe that the call to tend to parts of ourselves that do not explicitly linked to our productivity is a call that's beneficial to anyone working with young people because we cannot expect young people to live into their full authentic selves unless adults too prioritize this with that we present our case for collective rest it is an invitation to excavate the parts of yourself that you may justify cordoning off because there are things to do it is an invitation to key into different elements of your identity that make you vulnerable to exploitation or internalized messages around work and worth. It is an invitation to see collective rest as a long-term essential part of doing any work and especially work towards social and educational justice. Liberatory lessons from rest. Let us say it again, taking collective rest is liberatory work. This can feel counterintuitive at first blush. How can taking time away from equity work be equity work? And how does this idea of collective rest interplay with existing structures like PTO and other necessary types of leave? As we'll explain in more detail below, we believe that in addition to existing structures that allow for individual rest, establishing a cadence of collective rest is an integral part of doing liberatory work. But why? Do we rest so we can increase our impact in the movement year over year? Put simply, no. We of course hope to create and increase positive impact in the world when we work. However, we do not deserve collective rest because we work so hard and need to rest up to work even harder. We deserve collective rest because it can help our exhausted and fragmented collective to be made more whole, human, and alive. This in and of itself, our own wholeness, our own aliveness is reason enough to prioritize making space to pause and pause together. As we have processed this idea and proposed it to a group of folks doing similar work, here is some of the nuance we think your team should keep in mind. First, take your rest collectively. Given the big learning out of this experiment, This insight should come as no surprise. And this idea is foundational to what we learned. No matter our different entry points and expectations, we were in it together. It was not a vacation during which one or two people may be out, but the work continues. That signaled both to us and others that our entire body of work could pause and was not more important than our own wholeness. Approaching this time collectively and with intention positions folks to do real tuning into themselves. And that's where the real work begins. As one teammate reflected, it was not just we have two weeks off, but we are doing an intentional experiment together. It helped me focus, and that focus led me to learn in different ways about what actually gives me rest, End quote. Lesson two. Expect collective rest to deepen conversations about identity. People's power and experience, given their racial and other social identities, drove many of the conversations we had about taking a collective pause. It's no surprise that our black colleagues, myself included, were carrying a particular burden going into this time and needed to rest in a different way than colleagues with less proximity to the hyper-visible police violence impacting Black communities across the country via police violence, environmental disasters, and increased vulnerability to the impacts of coronavirus. Black employees face a particular exhaustion in workplaces, even in workplaces that aspire to be anti-racist. One colleague noted a tension that came up along these lines of identity. For many of us, and for many of the BIPOC, immigrant, queer, and trans young people and community members we serve, this feeling of exhaustion isn't new. It's a constant pressure and fear, a constant sense of being under attack. For folks with privilege, a lot of these pressures became more visible and felt in the last year. But for some of us, the societal exhaustion has always been there, and we've always needed this time to step away, end quote. And those who were caregivers had a nuanced orientation to the time as well. They had to pay a particular attention to what time away from work would demand of them and how they would find time to tend to themselves within the demands of being caregivers. These nuances were welcome for most teammates, but definitely had to be integrated into their intention setting. As one team member reflected, I intentionally found new hobbies with my kids and spent lots of quality time with my wife. Being intentional made the time more special. Racial and caregiving identities were just a few that surfaced for our team. Regional and positional identities were a couple others. And they're integral to the the why behind our bold assertion of rest work as equity work. Lesson three, you may find that unwinding is harder than you expect. This was a surprise for some of us. But the more we dug into it, the more it made sense. We're all at risk of professionally self-identifying and needing to be endlessly busy. Rest can pull us back from the precipice of centering our work to the point we don't tend to the other parts of ourselves that make us full, whole humans. Many of us are lucky enough to love our jobs, finding purpose and meaning in the work, which can lead to the lines between our personal and professional selves wearing thin. Stepping away as a collective can allow folks to tend to these other parts of themselves that sometimes get relegated to evenings and weekends, if that. It can open up space for creativity, community, and dreaming that may not always take root in the structures of our jobs. As a beautiful example, you can read or listen to the poem by a colleague that emerged out of our collective rest. Lesson number four. Release societal or your own expectations of what rest looks like. Bubble baths, candles, meditation, deep breathing. These are stereotypical ways in which the word rest has been messaged and commercialized in our society. Indeed, some of these things were helpful to our team. However, we were intentional in not setting any expectation for how folks use the time, and that was critical. As one colleague reflected, people could use the time how they needed and there was no judgment. So it wasn't like, oh, it doesn't sound like you actually rested. You were working on your podcast. Next time, rest. There's no gatekeeping of what this nurturing looks like. And in this way, each member of your collective can carve out and sink into their own spaciousness, whatever that looks like. This release of expectations also meant that when spaciousness wasn't as possible as we'd hoped, for instance, one colleague had a friend unexpectedly come to stay with her after evacuating New Orleans ahead of Hurricane Ida, we could still be present in our time away without feeling like we were getting it wrong. Next lesson, turn collective rest into a heartbeat practice, not a reactive or one-time thing. While this first experiment was reactive, we know we are making this a practice. We plan to take similar time year over year and to pair this cadence with a one a month Fridays off so we can do the work to sustain and improve our practice of tending to ourselves. In reflecting on this idea, one teammate said, there's something about having enough time to practice. We're going to get it wrong. And because we're going to have so many other things we still need to do, We might not ever get to the rest unless it becomes a practice. Turning collective rest into a cadence can allow your team to step into a practice of rest and continuously learn. Next lesson. When it comes to the amount of time, get uncomfortable. The length of time matters. For our team, we don't think less than two weeks would have been enough. But this can look different ways for different teams. Our colleagues at 4.0 schools take four weeks away from work each summer. The team at Rise Colorado works a four-day work week. Braven is testing a new sabbatical structure. Beloved Community has tested a two-week shutdown. Teach for America has extended their winter break for staff to have more time for deeper rest. And that's just to name a few. There are teams testing and learning from this principle in ways that vary from our exact experiment but the principle stands. We all need real sustained time to push pause on our collective bodies of work. And to open up real space to pause, we may have to push beyond what feels like a comfortable amount of time away from work. In planning for our rest, our team leader struggled with questions around impact, our responsibilities to funders and communities, and how these stakeholders could perceive our being away for that long. It was also clear that our team was in need of more than a cosmetic quick break. The tension between these facts is real, and sitting in that tension without immediately defaulting to what feels safe will allow your team to truly prioritize both your needs and your impact. So ask yourself, what timing will actually afford your collective the time you need to tend to yourselves while still acknowledging that the work you do matters and will continue? our final learning is just start. We did not know exactly what we needed when we were doing this experience, this experiment. Two of us sat in silence on Zoom one summer day after learning another teammate had lost a close family member. After a heavy silence, one of us said, more or less, something has to give, we need a break. Implementing a practice of collective rest has meant discomfort, messiness, and unpredictability. We didn't take this time because we had a deep, extensively researched, well-founded, and collectively held understanding of the concept of rest as resistance, a concept we continue to learn about from the work of Tricia Hersey and the Nat ministry. We did not take this time because we could neatly connect it to the larger organization's priorities in an airtight and strategic way. While we are more moving towards a deeper and more strategic understanding of some of the concepts we tried on in this experiment, we had to first recognize the need and just start. Wherever your team finds yourselves, don't wait to fully understand every single possible risk and reward before taking this on as an experiment. Position yourselves as learners. Making collective rest happen. There are other more tactical lessons we expected to come to the surface during this test, and they did. Even though such lessons are not at the heart of what emerged from our learning during collective rest, they may be helpful as your team thinks about how to prioritize this type of work. One, plan for the pre-rest period. Rest begins to impact you before you're off. The day before we went on rest, one colleague worked a 14 hour day. One colleague mentioned this experiment to a family member who exclaimed, You're taking these two weeks in early September at an education nonprofit? I wouldn't do that. There's so much to do at that time, it's so busy. There's a drive in our world to take full team pauses at dedicated times, holiday breaks, for instance, but not in on seasons. So we planned months in advance for two weeks of rest so that the whole team could really take off. We adjusted calendars and chose a time that didn't intersect with any major project milestones. There was intentionality. And even with all that, we're still learning. Next time we may try encouraging the team to take one to two no meeting days, the couple of days preceding rest, to make sure everyone can fully shut down without working overboard in the preceding days. Lesson two, right before rest, help the team set an intention for the time away. There was a range of experiences across our team and what people planned to do versus what they ended up doing with this time. This reminded us that the act of making plans was less important than the act of intention setting. We came back to our intentions as a touchstone when our plans went awry during rest weeks. So logistically, how can your team make this happen? Right before we left for rest, we held a facilitated meeting, most of which was individual work time to set intentions. Then we shared our intentions with one another. This simple, hour-long pre-rest gathering profoundly impacted our experiences. As one colleague noted in a post-rest survey, over the next six months, I plan to continue to center myself and want to set and operate an intention daily. Deciding what I wanted to do and how I wanted to be in that doing gave me daily purpose and reward. Final lesson Enact some simple check ins in the post rest period. The impacts of rest reverberate when you're back. Every person on our team noted in some way upon our return that our work feels more calm, structured, or meditative. People implemented new routines to continue the work of tending to themselves our work streams and structures shifted. How can your team build these structures? For us, we held a meeting the day we returned to share what we learned. We implemented pulse check surveys weeks and months after rest to see how the rest period extended into folks' lives after we returned. A structure that allows your team to regularly steward the lessons that emerge from time away is a crucial part of taking on collective rest. What if? This experiment is just the beginning of what we believe to be an important part of our work. It is informed by so many who have come before us and made clear that we are more than the work we do. It is an invitation for us to collectively dream into a future that configures itself so much more equitably than our current moment. So we want to leave you with some dreams we are cultivating as we learn to make rest a part of our practice. We want to ask, what if? What if young people had a practice building their self-concept through intentional time of resting and dreaming? What if young people had more space to intentionally discover their passions and interests and to cultivate self-direction and agency? What if young people had more adults around them modeling liberatory practices of self-care alongside deep conviction and purpose in their work? What if we learned to listen to our bodies and minds to speak up about what we need and to find communities that support our wholeness? What if individuals and collectives built cadences of rest into their work that allowed for them to make radical departures from the way they have always done things? With these insights and questions to dream into, we invite you to do what you can we invite you to do what can be uncomfortable work of prioritizing your collective wholeness. To put words to what may be a felt and understood truth on your team, but one that you rarely say out loud. To admit that you need time to pause and tend to yourselves as humans and that it is okay sometimes to just stop. To lean into the audacious belief that taking collective rest is liberatory work, that you and your team deserve the time to tend to all parts of yourselves that you and yours deserve to rest alright thank y'all for hanging with us for this special summer episode on rest um, we are sending so much Uh, love and gratitude and just joy to the educators in our audience who are in the back-to-school swing. Um, We are so grateful, as always, to learn from you, with you, and alongside you all. We have the best community here at the Reinvention Lab, and we don't say that enough um so thank you all for listening this is it for real for this season you won't hear from us for a bit but we hope that these uh a couple special episodes this summer have given a little lift and a little bit of stuff to chew on as you continue in the work so thank you all for listening please subscribe so that you can see when our um, next season is live we don't even know yet when that will be but subscribe and follow us on socials for all the updates. Thank you, y'all.